All right, just a question. Does anybody, does everybody remember why we're all here? All right, praise the Lord. Very good. Maybe that's one for the sign. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Actually, to serve the Lord, we should be a little bit beside ourselves, Paul talks about. And that's really a lot of the work of the Holy Spirit in us is that we become less and less and Christ becomes more and more. Not in the sense that in salvation or in righteousness, but in His life working through us, in our being close to Him, in our works would be more of Him working through us and less of ourselves. But we're really here, and I know it's easy to to get that, to, to lose track of what we're really here for. But we're really here to glorify and to praise the Lord. And it seems like it would be fairly easy, but the entire world system and our, our own sin nature is constantly trying to drag that down and make that a muddy issue or a cloudy issue and not make Christ real clear in our lives. Things get kind of muddied and gray. Instead of being yes and amen... It's, well, maybe, and I'm not sure, and well, you know, you can, you can't. And so, I want us to start this morning to look at some things, and let's open our Bibles to Revelations, chapter 12. This is a familiar scripture, but we're going to hopefully start there, and... uh, move on. So, Lord Jesus, have your way today. Open the eyes of our understanding. If you open your word, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of you. Amen. As we sang that song, you know, wholehearted, single-minded. You know, that's a, that's a real good confession. But somehow during the week, during the day, during the next half hour, 15 minutes, that gets real cloudy. And I believe that we need to become less and less, and Christ needs to become greater and greater in our lives. And I want to look at a, a fairly simple thing here. And uh, Revelations 12. Let's start. Let's start in verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in the heaven, "Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of His Christ." For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. They thought that was something to shout about in heaven. Heard a loud voice in heaven saying, praise God. They started really praising God. Because something is, the manifestation of the work of Christ is is taking place in in a fulfillment. I don't understand exactly how that all happens. But it talks about the accuser of the brethren. We have an accuser. He accuses us, he accuses God, he accuses, he just accuses. We're always accusing or finding excuse for something. But we by faith receive that the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. So instead of accusing and instead of receiving the accusation, we should be praising God. And we're here to praise and to glorify God, but that so easily is taken away from us. I find that our speech quickly changes. We're gonna, I gotta, I gotta go through one at a time on this. So in Revelations 12, and we find the accuser of the brethren cast down. Hallelujah! It's a good thing to know that, because otherwise he might come to you. He might come to Jesus. He did, and started to accuse God, accuse God's plan. You know, there's something else you could be doing with your life. Do you know that people don't recognize you enough? Do you know that you really don't have to be going through this? Well, there's an answer for that. You say with a loud voice, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And so now in 11, it gives us a little, little better key. And they overcame. They. Any they's here? Let's be they's morning. And they overcame him. Overcame who? The accuser of the brethren. They overcame Satan. They overcame sin, hell, death, and the grave. They overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. 
I want to start looking at those three things. Because those th- three things, they're, they're key. He says this is the way they overcame. The first one is that we overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's important to understand that we're here because of Christ's calling. We, he, we haven't chosen him. He's chosen us. And we know that, you know, we hear the gospel so often that it's easy to just take it for granted. But that needs to be rehearsed and renewed and refreshed in our lives daily. Our faith needs to become renewed. But we're here because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We overcome the devil. We overcame sin. We overcome death by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we need to be glorying in and being thankful for the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might overcome that we might be the righteousness of God in him. So thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. But God doesn't just leave it there. See, it's God's desire to work together, to be co-heirs with people. He's desiring that Christ would be formed in us. We read last week, the, 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 you know, the mystery that's been hid from ages and generations. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it's working together with the Holy Spirit and grabbing hold so we can be like those that cry with a loud voice saying, Hallelujah! Salvation has come. The kingdom of God has come. The power of God has come. We're able to work with the Holy Spirit that Christ in us. We grab hold by faith of Christ in us, the hope of glory. We do that first by the blood of Jesus Christ. But the second tool is by the word of their testimony. I believe we kind of start, you know, the blood of God, the blood of Jesus Christ is fairly bedrock in our life. Very little of that can be shaken out of our life. We kind of might go through stuff and, well, you know, but the blood, he's the cornerstone. After that, it kind of starts to get a little bit touchy. See, how did we, we're going to overcome by the word of our testimony. What's our, what's our speech like? See, what am I speaking about? What am I confessing? Now, you know, we we used to talk about, and Jim used to preach about, the bold confession, speaking by faith. And a lot of times, we don't overcome in that area of the word of our testimony. We start to actually talk about some other things. Now, on that note, I think I need to cover something else so I can... uh, make a, a, a tie there because I believe you know Jesus gives us great warnings that our lives can be our lives can be overcome by the cares of this life Jesus gives us great warning that we shouldn't be seeking our own life as a matter of fact if you seek your own life you'll lose it he gives us great warning and says you know your life is not made up of the things you wear the things you eat how much money you make that's not what you're like. Don't be caring about all those things. But that's where the enemy's going to come. Jesus warns us not to be caught up with the things of this earth. Not to love the things of this earth, John says. And the things that are really in this earth are really made up of only three things. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But we get so caught up in that because we start seeking our own life instead of seeking the call that God has called me to do, that Christ would be formed in me. And these two, the Bible says, are opposed to one another. Somehow we think we're going to like get to a place to where I am just naturally serving God. No! Galatians talks about the child of the flesh. As it was then, so is it now. When? Right now you're having a battle going on. You don't want to receive what's being said. You're kind of trying to, well, I got the blood, but the word of my testimony, it might be trying to say something else. Jesus, all you've got to do is bow down in this area. Paul, just don't, stop being so heavy on this point. But if we understand that we have been called to glorify God. It's the Christ that is desiring and is, is wanting to be formed in us. And my natural life and my spiritual life are opposed to one another. And I cannot do the things that I want to do. And, I, and so therefore, we have to give the more earnest heed to the call of God in our life 
rather than this other stuff that goes on, which is all around. That's why Jesus warns about it. You know, naturally, you're going to want to seek your own life. Naturally, you're going to be caught up with your job. Naturally, you're going to be caught up with your emotions. Naturally, you're going to seek the lust of the eye. And all those things are not the kingdom of God, Jesus says. He says, as a matter of fact, those things will actually wear you down. So then how do we then approach our life? You know, we, we've talked about it. Maybe it needs to be reemphasized again. But, you know, building your house upon it, practice the word. Practice is not an easy thing. Practice is a sweaty job, usually. I mean, if you have to go to the gym or run or anything, it's like it's a tiring thing. And it's not cumulative. It's not like, see, I did it last week, I'm set. As a matter of fact, when you stop practicing, the other stuff takes over. When you stop weeding the garden, no matter how many weeds you don't have, weeds come back again. When you start sleeping... Poverty comes in like an armed man. When you stop pressing in, when you stop... See, there's not a neutral in the kingdom of God. It's either you're pressing in or you already have been overcome. And so, that's why I think he talks about, you know, um, Moab refused to be poured out after a while. We just get tired of having to deal with it. That's why Paul says, be strong, quit you like men, wake up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Because, you know, you get tired because there's something in us that wants to call for peace. I just don't. I don't. I, I'm tired of. But we have been called unto glory. And we have, we have this, this treasure in earthen vessels. The hope of the gospel is Christ in you is that hope of glory. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And we need to realize, all of us need to realize we're here because of the sacrifice of the Son of God and of Jesus Christ. And we need to be thankful in glory. But that, Paul talks about that, when Christ dies for me and His blood washes me, there's something takes place. There's a new creation, the Bible says. The, the, the earth was split, the temple was rent. And a new creation rose from the dead. Just as Jesus rose from the dead, we too should rise in newness of life. We should see ourselves as a new creation. We're no longer in the, we are no longer of the world. And there has been, we've been set in a battle. Simply because you're Christian. Simply because Jesus rose from the dead. Why, why do they always want to fight with the Jews? Simply, they're Jewish doesn't matter what they wear, what they eat. We, they are at war. No matter how much they will cry for peace, there will be no peace. It is, that's the way that it is. So the word of our testimony. Let's start to meditate as I'm talking here. Think about how much, what would your testimony be? What's the conversation of your life in the last week, two days, three days? How much of it is really... Hallelujah, salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God. But more, it's caught up with what I think Oswald's going to talk about. Or at least, he, I mean, the Bible talks about it too, but he brings it out in a good way. The divine rule of life. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, if you're not careful right there, you just missed it. Because I think electricity and light travel about at the same speed, right? And how fast is that? Huh? 186,000, you are left in the dirt. By the time you realize you thought a thought, it's gone. Okay? But see, what happens is, he's the prince and the power of the air. I think probably Satan, because he's a prince of light, not prince of darkness, he was the angel. He probably moves probably about that fast. Gets around real quick. So, but if we're not careful, see, and, and most of our most of our thoughts are electronic impulses. You can say amen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and they travel at 186,000 miles a second. How much how much room is between a nerve? Do you know how fast you just thought a thousand thoughts? In a second, you're already you're, you're lost. 
unless we start to bring every thought into captivity. See, that's why the Bible talks about, 2 Corinthians, the weapons of our warfare, they're not mighty. They don't look really good. As a matter of fact, the the more you war, the weaker you're going to look. Sounds good in a song, but we don't like to do it. When I'm weak, then he's strong. We We sing it, but the third part of that, loving not our life unto death, gives my testimony power. See, that's why when Jesus spoke, they said, we never heard anything like this. What do you mean, never heard anything like it? He read Isaiah. They'd heard that, they probably had that, probably had that chapter memorized. No, they never saw anything like that before because something was different. And that difference has to be working in us. If not, we might be like the seven sons of Siva. They can, they can say all the right words, but we're getting beat up because there's something lacking. We love our life. Okay, but we're going to get to that. But I said, if you're not careful, we might have already lost because here you go. Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. How many people felt the condemnation? Oh, that's, boy, I'll never be able to do that. 186,000 miles a second, you've just been condemned and you just turned out the rest of what I'm going to say now. If you didn't catch that thought and say, wait a minute, we overcame by the what? We overcame what? Yeah, you better get a little. We overcame by the, they they didn't say it like that in heaven. And they overcame by the, and they said with a loud voice. You know, you get in fights with louder voices than that. You voice our own opinions with a little more passion than that. See, this is loving our, what is it that you love? What is it that you really love? That's what you're passionate about. That's what you'll take risks for. That's what you'll sell your entire life for. And we overcame by what? The blood. So therefore, we have to practice the word, be perfect as your heavenly... Now, if if there is no chance of you being perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, what does that mean? You don't have to listen to the rest of what I'm saying because this doesn't apply. This is too hard. This is ridiculous. Nobody's perfect. Well, is Jesus li- this is Jesus speaking here in Matthew 5, 48. Is Jesus lying? Okay, then something needs to change in me. I need to say, whoa, Jesus doesn't want me. To- oh, I'm getting ahead. So get rid of the condemnation. Get rid of the condemnation. He became sin who knew no sin that we might be the. Oh, is that a question? Come on, let's get excited. The, we're the righteousness of God. Well, how many people, do, I, don't, I don't look like it. How come he's belaboring the point? It doesn't look like it. What, we, what it is doesn't yet, what we are doesn't yet appear. But that's why we walk by faith. That's, Jesus has taken, God is, it's God's desire that he has hid, the, the, hid these things from the wise and the prudent. And the preaching of the gospel the good news is to them that perish foolishness. Hallelujah, you got one person here. Yeah, it's foolishness. And the word of your testimony is going to look like foolishness. And loving not your life unto the death is going to look like foolishness. And unless I realize, why are we here? Because we're not all there. We shouldn't be anywhere here. We should be all in the Lord. So be perfect. Therefore, as your Father, your Heavenly Father is perfect. That's what Jesus wants. And that's what He's desiring to work in us. You can't do it. It has to be by the blood. And then realizing we didn't choose Him. He chose us and He's going he's to work that through our lives. Now, we need to bear to be co-workers with Him. So we overcome by the blood. Hallelujah. We're here because of Jesus Christ. The blood of, has washed me. Now, we're starting to walk with Him. Our Lord's exhortation in these verses is to be generous in our behavior to all men. In the spiritual life, beware of walking according to natural affinities, natural desires, natural life. Be careful of walking after natural affinities. Everyone who has natural affinity, everyone has natural affinities. Some people we like and others we do not like. 
We must never let those likes and dislikes rule our Christian life. But we all have likes and dislikes, don't we? The Bible says it another way. We've all been made subject to vanity. But we're not supposed to live in vanity. But he created those that he subjected to vanity. He also subjected us the same in hope. We have now a choice by the, by, the, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ to either walk in the... The Bible talks about that in, in the times past we walked in the ignorance and the vanity and dead works of the Gentiles. But we should no longer walk in vanity. Natural affinities. Natural life. How much of our, your conversation this week has been about being perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father has been perfect, or has it been about your natural affinities? Well, you know, I'm into this and I'm into that and I'm doing this. Well, where's the Lord? Well, if we're not overcoming in that area, we're giving, we're giving an occasion for Satan to find an area in us to actually come in. You know, we might have the gate all barred up, you know, but the outhouse door is open. He's coming through the back. You're still going to lose. There's got to be a place to where we start having our confession and our testimony be magnifying or showing that we love not our life unto the death. But how much of our conversation ends up being about preserving you, what you like, what you don't like, instead of really being made perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect? See, God, you know that God doesn't love me because I'm lovable. Now, I'm gonna, He doesn't love you because you're lovable. God loves because it's his nature to love you. He doesn't have some natural affinity that go, oh, well, I like victory because he's like this and I don't like. He doesn't love us because we want his love. He loves us because it's God's nature to love. Just like it should be our nature to have the word overcoming by the word of our testimony. But for us, it's going to be a work. So beware of natural affinities. We, you know, we, we don't want to let our likes and our dislikes rule our Christian life. Wow. That might lay an axe to the root of the tree. Gets a little scary then, huh? Jesus said it another way. Not my will, but yours be done. That's meaning total abandonment. And he says he was tempted, Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. He had desires. I'm not talking just about evil stuff. You know, he was hungry sometimes. He was thirsty sometimes. He was upset sometimes. He was lonely. He was wanted, maybe he wanted to, you know, he wanted, to, he, he wanted all men to come to him. He wanted God's will to be done. But he didn't go out and do it on his own. As a matter of fact, when it wasn't happening one day, he said, I thank you, God, that you hid these things from the wide and the prudent. Not, oh, God's not moving. I wonder, I'm trying to do the best I can. No. His natural affinities have to be crucified to the word and the will of God. Because otherwise we might look out and go, oh, yeah, well, we must be doing something right. Thank exactly the opposite of what he is. He's out there giving his whole life. Like I said on Wednesday, God does not reward us for our good behavior. Paul, he's preaching the gospel. He gets thrown in jail. He gets his back laid open with rods. Jesus Christ doing all manner of good, healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching the gospel, ends up on the cross. And the story goes over and over and over. Our life is not here to be rewarded for our good behavior. Our life is here to glorify God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says we are a living sacrifice. That should be my testimony. Not trying to preserve, get off the altar. The guy's coming with the fire. Get off. Hurry. No. See, our whole thinking needs to be bombarded with the word of God. But if we allow our lives to just be caught up with the natural, our testimony and our speech becomes, at best, vain. But really, it becomes ungodly. It really becomes ungodly. We're not overcoming in that area. We walk in the light as he is in the light. 
God will give us communion with people from whom we have no natural affinity. The example of our Lord gives us gives us the example of our Lord gives us the example our Lord gives us. There we go. It's a hard thing to do. How many people here read your Bibles daily? Show of hands. Okay. The reason I'm bringing that up is you know I mean I I've, done, I've read this now several times. Reading not one of my best souls. Matter of fact, I don't know why God even invented books. Could have just invented audio right away. You know, put the CD in. Reading's reading's a chore. But the example our Lord gives us. Throwing that in because you know, Paul David talks about his word is more necessary than my daily food. Now, I mean, I have you know I. I I remember t- reading, I saw the movie. It was with uh, Peter, Peter Fonda. The uh, Drums Along the Mohawk. Black and white, 1930-something or other. Really good movie as I was a young kid. Then I found out it was a book. Wow. I thought, okay, I'm going to go read the book. That's when I still had some hope. Went to the library. The book was that thick. There was two of them, though, in the library. So I could take it out for... Was it a month? Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. New York Library. Two weeks. I could take it out for two weeks. I could return it and go get the other one. It took me several months to get through the book. And I decided the movie's much better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what I'm trying to encourage us is read the Word. It's a work. It's a work. So again, that's, our, that's part of our testimony. See, that's part of our testimony. How many people don't have time to read the Word? I mean, you know, I don't got time. I mean, TV's on. I don't got time. I'm gaming. I don't got time. I'm relaxing. I mean, it could be for anything. My natural affinities. My, my natural affinities, I always have time for. You know, I never have time not to eat. I always can find time to eat. I could be driving. I could be late for an appointment. Swing in Circle K, get the dog. You're, you know, you're out the door. You're eating. You know. I'm just, you know, I'm just giving you some some practical stuff because some of this stuff actually I have to, I actually just have to do. See, so I actually, I, I read the word for you know maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day. Okay, I have to trick myself into do it. And sometimes, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to confess some stuff. And so now, you know, I've kind of gone, gone through the whole Bible now a couple times. And now, I, I mean, I don't know what to do. So now I'm in Maz, uh, Psalms. You know, I want to read Psalms. I'm saying, okay, I'm reading the New Testament now. got Turkish and Armenian. I'm reading that and I'm reading English. And uh, so I'm in Psalms. I'm just telling you, this, this is my soul. Maybe some of you have the same problems. Just overcome them. So you know what? I, I, like, I like Psalms that are like Psalms 123. It's four verses. I get, okay, that's my chapter for the day. <laughs> and then I get to the ones that are, you know, not 119, because that's, you know, I can break that down into the chapters. But there's some that go on for a page and a half. And you know what my soulish reaction is when, I, when that day comes? I, I go, oh, you know, it's going to take me four minutes to read that. I mean, you know, I'm like, well, got to do it. See, that's my testimony. You know, and there's no righteousness, and I'm not getting rewarded for doing that. It's just what I, you have to do. It's just my duty to do it. So that's an encouragement. It's because I can't read well. For our, the example our Lord gives us is not that of a good man. That's a tough one. We talked a, bit, a little bit about that on Wednesday. Sometimes you can be doing the very best you can. It's just not what God wants. The young rich ruler. I'm doing all that. He was a good man. God didn't have anything against him in that sense. But that's not the life of Christ. And sometimes we get so subtly deceived that we're just thinking we're supposed to kind of like live this good life. God, Jesus did not come to live a good life. He came to manifest the life of God and to have God's purpose fulfilled. If all we're trying to do is, is do a good thing, we're going we're gonna to be, be miserable. Because God's going to resist that. 
there's going to come a time you're going to have a great idea and God's just going to say no. Just no, because it's not my purpose. See, and if we're, if we're caught up with just our own life, it'd be easy to then, well, you know, I'm going to glorify God like this. I'm going to glorify God like this. I think we'll keep the best of the sheep and offer them like this. I think I'll heal in his name, do this in his name. He says, I don't know you. What God's desire is to change our thinking is that our, my mind becomes transformed from a self-centered person. And even, okay, he goes on here. It's got, the example our Lord gives us is not that of a good man or even a good Christian man. Sometimes, oh, I'm just being a good Christian. It's not what he called us to. He called us to, to exemplify, magnify, be an example of Christ in us, a godly life. Godly life and good life are two different things. There's a lot of great people. As a matter of fact, there's some really nice people. I mean, they really are in, in the world. And maybe you even know them. They're, they're, they might be even a lot easier to get along than with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because there's no challenge there to your natural affinities. They, they, Jesus talks to the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. The Pharisees were all getting along fine together. It's only when God showed up that they started getting upset because he's going after the foundation. The foundation of good men is wickedness. The foundation of good people is anti-God. We don't want good people. We want spiritual people that are having Christ formed in them. Not even a good Christian life, but of God himself. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Not just get it together. Show, okay, show of the perfect, Father is perfect. Show to the other man that God has, show to the other man what God has shown you. I think that's where we fall short. Because sometimes what God, like, I think there was a sign out, we had a sign out there. Haven't heard God lately? Start listening. Many times we don't preach the gospel. We don't talk with one another because we don't want to share what God's really shared us because it's a heavy word. You're, Peter, Satan, get behind me. You're, 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 you have the father of the devil. Now, did Jesus do that because he was mean? Because he didn't love him? No, it's God's nature to love. But natural affinity, natural goodness, Natural morality, your own desires is not being a living sacrifice, is not the word of our testimony that overcomes. It is actually something that's contrary to God. Our greatest natural affinities, our greatest noble desires, if not submitted to the will of God, can just become Satan. And our communication many times is in protecting our natural desires and affinities one with another, or at best just talking about it instead of saying, wait a minute, you're gone too far. That's not what God has. And at that point, we have a choice of either letting the love of God overtake us and God's purpose overtake us, and we not only overcome by the blood of the Lamb, but the word of our testimony then expands and we start magnifying Christ in our natural lives. And if not, see, I, don't, I, I start loving my life and not fulfilling the third one, not, you know, not loving their life unto the death. That's why, you know, we, we, you know talking things that came up last Wednesday, you know, it's, it seems like, and a lot of people say, well, we just talk about a lot of natural stuff and all this, and we're into work and things like that. No. Have you heard God? If you haven't, it might seem like, you know, he's cursing a fig tree. If you haven't heard him, you might think he's talking about a sower went out to sow, or money, or, you know, yeast, or something like that. But many times, those things still don't become in the way of our speech. Why? We don't love it. We realize in order to embrace him, we have to die. We have to give up our life. In order to to have the confession, the word of the testimony be that as Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. Some of the vain thoughts, some of our natural affinities have to be challenged. And at that point, we have an opportunity to either rise and hear God or protect our life. That's what it's all about.
And so we, you know, what is it that you want? Do you want to just, you know, be a good person? Or you've attained, get your diploma. You know. Jesus can't do anything more for the good people. He said, I didn't come to save good people. I saved, came to call sinners to repentance. If you're good, you don't have need. Jesus is going to bother you. Jesus is going to be an annoyance to you. Because you've already attained. But Paul says, I haven't attained. I want to press towards that mark. There's something yet that I need to suffer for that testimony to work, that, that be a more true word of testimony. That there needs to be something in me that I love not my life unto the death. We have to show others what God has shown us. What has God shown us? Well, we got the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. But see, there was a whole lot more to Jesus' life. There was a whole lot more to his resurrection. He's desiring that his kingdom come. We sang it. Kingdom come here in earth, even as it is in heaven. It's his desire to be glorified in his church, that Christ in you would be the hope of glory. And what did Christ come to show us? Well, he came to show us that we're needy, that we're sinners, that my mind is not like his mind. And at best, even when I'm walking them, I get caught up with the things of this world. He says, you be careful. They, they come up and they start choking out the true riches. And we start, instead of talking about the goodness of God and the grace of God and, and talking about Jesus in, 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 a, in a way that he's Lord and Master and, he, and that is our life, we start talking about other things. And we feel like God, Jesus is threatening my life. How many of you have felt that the church was threatening your life? Your husband's threatening your life. Your hus- kids are threatening your life. Your wife's threatening your life. Everything's threatening you. But the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear because fear has torment. If you're being threatened, the love of God is still not yet perfect in your life. He might tell you, go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and it's going to shake you there quick because it's going to touch a natural thing. He says, no, I want that. And I don't care what it is. That's why, you know, you know, you can, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's grapes or coming to, on time or your hair. It, it's where are you at with it? Well, you see, I don't see any. Every man seems right in his own sight. But God wants to speak to you. And at that point, we have a chance to overcome or get fearful, get defensive. And the word of our testimony is, not, is no longer overcoming the accuser of the brethren. It's supporting him. It's being like Peter. No, don't go to the cross. I don't, I don't see it. The arrogance of our way, I, I just don't see that. <laughs> Do you realize who you're talking to is God? Job said the same thing. I, you know, I just don't understand why. I mean, I say it every day. But the deal is, we're wrong. And it's not enough just to be wrong. There's a thing called repentance. See, it's the grace of God that doesn't lead us to be wrong. It leads us to repentance and goes, oh, God. There is a better way. And what we're saying is the good news is the better way. We've been set free. But in this world, there's, there's a warfare that goes on. And it's, it's there as well. And either we choose to love our, save our own life, or we start having word of our testimony become that which is also overcoming. And God will give us ample opportunities in God will give us ample opportunities in actual life to prove whether we are perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. How would it Jesus, that's what it says about Jesus, and, and after being obedient, he became the heir to eternal salvation. He became the author of eternal salvation. And though he was a son, He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. How did God... Okay, let me get this here. We will prove whether whether we are perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. How did Jesus... Because we understand that Jesus comes to show he's the example, the way, the truth, and life. How did Jesus prove... He said he proved that perfect will, will of God. How does he do that? How do we prove that we're perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect? What's the gospel message? 
Well, Jesus came and emptied himself. Emptied himself in all the actual things of life. God's going to give us ample opportunity to prove whether we're perfect or saving our own life. Now, I don't think I want to go to those. I don't want to pick those 12. It could be anything. See, And if it doesn't exist there, the gospel's not being preached to us. We are not sharing the word of our testimony. We've settled for being good people that ha- want to keep our jars of infin- affinities. Keep our jars of, well, I'm doing my own thing, but in the name of the Lord. That's not, that's not being perfect. The Father's perfect will look down the earth and said, for God so loved the world that he gave himself. He gave himself to a sinful world and took on the form of sinful flesh. He didn't stand afar off and judge it. He didn't say, boy, you're an idiot. I don't see it that way. He actually, and Paul says the same thing. I become to those that are under the law, I become under the law. To those that are bound, I become bound. None of those things move me, he said, that I could win some. Well, you're rejecting the Father. You're not allowing the perfectness of the Father to work in you. See, that's why... That's why those things have to be understood. That's why the word of our testimony and our speech needs to be so clear. But it's going to go on even better and make it even clearer. The, the, to be a disciple means to be... Mean, to be a disciple means that we deliberately... This is the kicker. Because it's a conscious choice. See, when Jesus says... He says, you know, no man building before he builds a tower doesn't make a deliberate choice about it. He says, hmm, I wonder if I can do that. He calculates. Uh, I wonder if I can, you know. See, most of the time we, we think because we go with a natural flow, we're, moved, we're being inspired or led. No, this is a deliberate choice of saying, you know, not my will, but yours be done. I see this as a test. I don't see it as the leading of the Lord. After fasting, for, see, if I believe God is going to reward me for my good stuff, the devil didn't come after fasting for 40 days. It should have been God that came. But it was the devil that comes and says, I'm here to give you what you've been praying for. But he made a deliberate choice at that time. And said, no, that's not my testimony. No, that's not the word. Everything in him, he was hungry, he said. Have you ever been hungry about some stuff in your life? Maybe things aren't going good enough. Maybe it's not what you wanted. Maybe this, maybe that. Maybe you're going to be hungry and the devil's going to come and you make a deliberate choice to be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. And you take that burden that God wants to lay on us. You take up that cross and we walk in it. And we start to confess and speak the truth rather than protecting our own personal agendas. deliberately identify ourselves. This is where I think I fall short. I think we fall short. We deliberately identify ourselves with God's interest in other people. Love each other as I have loved you. Do we do that? Am I really interested in what Christ wants to do in you? Or am I just looking at you as a pal? Or hey, we need to be together. I believe Jesus loved perfectly. I believe when he called Peter, he was in the will of God. I believe when he called his disciples, he was in the will of God. But he never related to them on their natural affinities. As a matter of fact, when those things got in the way, he rebuked them sternly because he was looking not for their friendship, not for even their getting blessed or doing well. He looked for what God had in their life. And I believe we, our testimony and our speech will become more sure when we realize what God has worked in us and we start identifying with what God has interest, deliberately identify with what God's interest in other people are. If not, we just talk about, oh, you know, we let this go and we let that go. I guess it's okay to eat that or not eat that. We show up. No. There's a purpose that God has. And do I love Jesus enough. Do I want to overcome enough that my word of my testimony would be to convey that? What's God interested in you? Not that, see, I know Peter, you love me enough, you're going to give your life. I'm not interested in that. I am not interested in that whatsoever. It would almost appear rude or cold or, oh, you don't love, no. 
get your eyes on the kingdom of God. Because most of the time, our affinities and our desires have nothing to do with the kingdom. And there comes a time that says, wait a minute, shut up, Peter. You're talking like the devil. No, I'm sorry, because that is not what God's interested in. But see, that's, that's not a natural way to talk. It's something I have to deliberately choose. The expression of a Christian character is not good doing, but God-likeness. That's the kicker. We don't want to be like God. We'd rather do good. How many people here are doing good? And many times when God shows up, you don't do good. Pharisees were doing great until God showed up. Peter's doing fine until he opens his mouth. God shows up. You might be fine until you get talked to. And then you might, well, I'm out of here because every time they, you know, I get blown out. Well, could it possibly be that your desires are not God's desires? Or it could be that we just have to crucify the Son of God because, you know, he's wrecking the show here. I mean, I'm doing good. Sell all that you have. And give it to the poor. If the Spirit of God is transformed, if the Spirit of God has transformed you within, you will exhibit divine characteristics in your life, not good human character characteristics. Divine characteristics. Jesus was not the nicest guy around. I think Buddha had him beat. I mean, if you ever read the book, he wasn't interested in what other people thought of him. He wasn't even interested in what he thought of himself. He wasn't interested in fulfilling his desires. His only desire was to be perfect as his Father in heaven is perfect, and that is to do the will of God. That is to not let any natural affinity, any, what's the word? Any natural, what if it's not that important? Can we overcome? Because sometimes, have you noticed sometimes your mouth just goes? Not the Lord. How many people love when you get told you're not walking? It's not the Lord. How many people just, well, see, it's touching that area of self-righteousness that somehow you thought you attained and you were doing good. No. Never happens. Jesus had to continually rebuke the disciples. His word continually corrects us. It's a good thing. Yeah. And when you do get it, Peter got it, you know, on a couple occasions. It wasn't him. It was just the Lord. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. He exhibits divine characteristics. The problem is we're just no, we just don't know the Lord. We don't like his ways. They, just, they, they trample our natural affinities. They trample every self-righteous idea that I have. They trample every good intention that I have because there is none righteous. There's none good. Do we want to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect? Well, the reason we aren't is because, no, I don't. I'd really rather just do my own thing. You know, I really want to, you know, I don't want to be that intense about it. I really, I got some other things going on. I don't want to speak to people that way. I don't want to have people speak. Jesus had to let that all go to be perfect as his Father is in, in heaven. God's life in us expresses itself as God's life, not as a human life trying to be godly. The secret of a Christian is that the supernatural is made natural in him by the grace of God, and the experience of this works out in practical details of our life. You know why we hate the practical details? That's where God's going to meet us. That's where my natural affinities live. And God wants to come in and say, I want to be Lord there. See, I've called you for a purpose. Will you let me be Lord? When we come in contact with these things that create a buzz, we find out we find to our amazement that we have no, we have power. We have power to keep wonderfully poised, poised in the center of it all. Sometimes, you know, that would be the, the perfect manifestation of it. But we find that if we're not poised, there's probably something else in the way. It could be you. So, our, what is the word of our testimony? And I think that's connected to, do we love our life? 
Are we trying to keep our life? Trying to evaluate it. Are we trying to be good people? Or are we wanting to be perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect? That means emptying ourselves. That means not listening to the accuser of the brethren. Yeah. So not have, you know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in our natural desires and our, the things that we like. And we don't want anybody to tell us what to do. And, but that's not being perfect. That's just being good people. And what, I, what, what happens is our testimony and the word no longer is exhorting one another to praise the Lord or to preach the gospel or to read the Bible or, hey, you need to knock that off. Or it becomes just, hi, how are you? Oh, and that's kind of, no, I really don't like that. And you can do that. Now. And you have confusion. And with confusion, there's every evil work. It's hiding there. But the godly man, the man who's perfect like Jesus, he's walking through that. And he's speaking what God wants to do. And we need to see that the natural man, the natural affinities, just are totally ungodly in every, every, way, we, in every way we think. Okay, we got a lot more to go on, but we're going to start there and we'll continue in the weeks to come. But I believe our speech needs to be that an, over, an overcoming speech. Let's just, exa- you know, just as, as the word comes out this morning, start, start examining what you're talking about and where, why you're talking about it. You know, are you keeping your own life or are you becoming perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect? And that means your will be done in everything. Everything, all the time. He's, gonna sh- he's going to show up when you least expect it. He's going to show up when you have it all together selling in the temple. And he's going to say, it's not what I want. He's not interested in that. Oh, I wish we had time. We got, I'm just going to give you a little preview. Oh, no, we don't have time. It won't be a little preview. Okay, we can start on it. We can talk more about it and elaborate it on Wednesday. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we need to really start examining ourselves as, as, a, as a people called of God, that we're here to really become perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect. And our natural life, our natural desires are totally against that. And the natural man has to just hear the word of God. And that's why our testimony has to be that which is overcoming. But if we love our life, my testimony will only be about my life. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for being here in your word and your power, your life and your resurrection. Pray your will be done and your kingdom come in our lives and this church and all that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.